And we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford. Come right back after you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week. Twice a week, where we get your podcast. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do whatever it is that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports, Fantasy Football. Of course, the great guys at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and hit up Joe Sorrow, a.k.a. Ox1947, at LakersBall.com. Plus, also, as well, go ahead and support him today at Simblades, SimbladesWithAY.com. And, of course, our good friends, Jamie Sweet, and also Laker Tom, the number one Lakers blogger. You can hit them up at LakerHolics.com. Our good friend, Stone Hansen, who I hope to have on later this week. We'll go ahead and check him out. His latest doings at the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast at UpsideSwings.com. And, of course, John McCallion on the YouTube channel. And if you could support all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. I'll tell you what, uh, great to have you here. Uh, Sorry for the troubles right now. My camera seems to not be uh, working so well here on the road in Seattle, uh, going ahead and uh, getting this on the fly because we wanted to go ahead and talk basketball, the Lakers, and the NBA. I also want to do address the uh, elephant in the room. I guess that was the uh, surprise to everyone, including us here at the Lakers Fast Break, of Sean Grice, the Magic Man, deciding he has uh, got a little bit too much on his plate right now to go ahead and, and continue working on with us with the Lakers fast break. We will certainly miss him and all of his contributions and uh, hopefully he will come back sooner rather than later, but he did indicate to us that he's uh, extremely busy right now with all the stuff that's going on in his life. So he didn't want to sell us short and most importantly, sell you short out there on anything that he could do or not do. So he decided, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and take a break for the Lakers fast break, which is, you know, okay, not a problem, but we do miss him. And do appreciate everything that he's done. And hopefully he will go ahead and come back very soon with us here in the near future. But here today, talk about what's going on in the NBA, including the latest rumors on the Lakers. And of course, the NBA Finals. Good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check him out today. as Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. It is Joe Soro. Joe, uh, it seems like it's been forever. It's actually been only a week uh, since you and I had had a chance to chat on the air. I hope all is well, my friend. Uh, I know that uh, the NBA Finals has now been decided, but the best news for us today, outside from myself, that you know the Golden Knights are headed to the uh, NHL Stanley Cup Finals, is that the Boston Celtics are now one, two, three, Cancun. Yeah, it's kind of, it's somewhat bittersweet. You know, we would have had the 2020 rematch had the Lakers won the Western Conference Finals, but the sweet part is the fact that we don't have to stress that the Celtics might have a chance of getting to 18 before we do. Uh, other than that, I'm going to try to enjoy the finals as much as I can. I, I have no feeling on whoever wins i don't really care but 
it was a little bit of a relief tonight to to see Boston lose because I just wanted to just not have to worry about it. Uh, game six, I thought after Jimmy hit those three free throws, I thought that game was over. I know there was three seconds left, but I, I didn't think uh, Boston was capable of getting lucky the way they did. But it is what it is. The uh, NBA got an extra game, and luckily uh, it went into it went, it went in our favor <laughs> as Laker fans. I know Joshua Dietz was asking if uh, we had anything set up for playback during the course of the rest of the finals or rest of the playoffs in general, which would now be the NBA finals. I don't know, my friend. I'm still on the road, so I wouldn't be able to orchestrate a playback.tv, but I did want to put it out there between you, Laker Nick, and Stone Hansen, if that is something you guys would be interested in. So I'll, I'll go ahead and, and bring it up to the guys if that's something they want to do. But just wanted to mention that there is a you know a crowd asking for that. Just wanted to make sure you knew. Yeah, we're here to accommodate the crowd. That's what we're here for. If the crowd wants us to be on, we will be on. The, despite Sean's uh, exit for, for now, uh, the show is going to continue to advance. And there's some things in the works right now. I haven't uh, made light of that yet. Uh, Gerald does know a little bit about what's going on. Yes. There is, there is uh, let's just put it this way. There's, there's furniture being moved as of tomorrow so that there's room for a more advanced area for broadcasting uh you guys might not be able to see the difference compared to what you're seeing now but eventually you'll start seeing little by little uh an advancement in that this is a show that is going to continue to progress not only in content but also in uh, production value and we aren't going to stop until the show is the best show at least the best Lakers show around and uh, I believe this summer is a crucial summer, absolutely crucial summer for what would be the last run of the L.A. LeBron era. I think uh, Rob Lincoln and the Lakers have some soul searching uh, this this summer and, and understanding that to, to, to get one more title, you're going to have to get players that are going to be able to cover uh, LeBron James during an 82-game season and a lot of the playoffs next season. Because I think LeBron might have one more year left in him. Uh, he could be productive beyond next year, but I think to win a title, uh, you're going to need him as fresh as possible. Uh, I've mentioned this before. Look at 2014 San Antonio Spurs as uh, – the template if you can uh, but the Lakers are going to have to bring a third star that is capable of taking over games unfortunately we didn't get that with D'Angelo Russell at least not uh, when it mattered at the in the Western Conference Finals if not if anything we, we actually got nothing from him on that so we know that at this point unless he, he makes a drastic change and you chance it that he would be in the, in the next year, then, you know, that's a different story, but this is, this is going to be a very, very interesting off season. The draft is might bring in something interesting as well. The Lakers have uh, picked up a couple of undrafted players. 
uh, a second round pick that have have, have, have played well uh, relatively compared to where they were uh, selected or picked up from. So I'm kind of interested in seeing if the Lakers can maybe get somebody at 17 that could really make the difference. Uh, expecting a rookie to do that is is kind of not fair, but I do remember Sam Cassell in 1994 making a huge impact. Maybe we can get lucky in that that respect. So that's kind of where where this thing is going, is we're going to be going in-depth. We have uh, Stone Hansen's amazing ability to understand and know what's going on in and around the the acquisitions in the in the draft, or I should say the up-and-coming talent in the draft. And then, of, of course, the acquisitions that might be available because Stone did say something that I did agree with. I think the NBA has a very, very bad ability of, of judging talent sometimes, and I think, you know, in terms of NBA as a whole, and I'm hoping that the Lakers can continue that part of their organization in terms of good <laughs> because they actually have been very good despite some of their failures the last decade they still have been very good at uh, acquiring talent that that we wouldn't think would be talented enough to do what they've been doing once again it's the lakers fast break truly appreciate everybody checking us out here once again nba observations for the finals coming up here plus also what the lakers are up to Adam Hurley's in the chat. Always great to have you here. He says, keep only LeBron, AD, Austin, Lonnie, and Mo. Uh, <laughs> he always loves his Mo Bamba. Uh, I think Lonnie and Mo are gone. I just wanted to say, unless Mo signs for the minimum, I don't think he'll be coming back. Lonnie Walker is going to probably go somewhere else where he can get more consistent playing time. So I have a feeling he's gone there. But Austin Reeves is a priority. I don't want to talk too much about Austin Reeves today. Because the fact that's something that's going to be on a much larger subject, Joe, I think that we need to talk about because we are limited in the amount of dollars that we can sign him for. And there's a fact that he could possibly go somewhere else that like, say, Houston or San Antonio, someone who has really a lot of cap dollar, dollars out there, a team that can really spend the dough that possibly could outbid us. But again, we'll delve into that into another time. One player I know that has been on the name of everybody's chat as far as outside of maybe you know Fred Van Vliet, which again is another player we should get into at some point in time, is Kyrie Irving. And before we get back into the finals, I want to go ahead and mention that Kyrie Irving has been a constant source of what's going on as far as rumors for the past week and a half. We've touched on it on the show already a couple times, and it's obvious we're going to have to be touching on that subject again which we touched on for months this past season. It just never stopped, never went away. I really think that people need to not get their hopes up in regards to Kyrie Irving. Plus, if we do sign a Kyrie Irving, if we get him to sign a trade, if something magical happens and D'Angelo Russell is sent in this away in a sign and trade and Dallas suddenly decides, yes, we want a much worse player than we had before in D'Angelo Russell, and we're going to go ahead and take him. What are we going to go ahead and do as far as depth? Because if you sign Kyrie Irving, you're hurting yourself with a team that you cannot surround him with that's very good. I think Kyrie Irving needs to be a discussion that shouldn't be discussed. It's just not going to happen. He would have to take a mid-level exception type deal to control his destiny to come to L.A. Should he want to come to L.A.? There is no way in a billion years – 
he is not going to sign that $200 million contract that he's going to get it from Dallas. It's just not going to happen. Uh, we are in the NBA, and the current collective bargaining agreement says when you don't sign certain guys to certain contracts, you lose that money. You lose that ability to leverage that money for future trades, whatever. It's just not a discussion that I think we should waste any time on. Dallas is not going to trade Kyrie Irving to L.A. for anything other than maybe A.D., not even LeBron. So let's just stop talking about Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is not going to take the mid-level exception. Kyrie Irving's not going to be traded by Dallas to help the Lakers out. Unfortunately, looking at Kyrie's talent, had we had, let's say, Kyrie instead of D'Angelo Russell in the Western Conference Finals, I believe we'd be going to the finals. Why? Because Kyrie Irving does things that the Lakers needed in this series that weren't able to get done. Timely shots, the ability to make open shots, and the ability to break down on a defense and get to the hole and threaten with the shot. Those, those players are very, very rare. The problem is when you are rare like that, it means lots of money that you're going to get paid. And the Lakers do not have that money and they do not have any leverage to trade for that because they don't have any talent to trade for it. So I don't think we should waste any time on talking about Kyrie Irving. I think anyone who discusses it is doing a disservice to their journalism, their disservice to their analyzing, their disservice to anything other than trying to get rate, cheap ratings. I think that's it. There is nothing else to discuss. How the Lakers decide to pick up certain players or or get certain players that 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 could go several different ways. It's always gonna it's gonna depend on the market, how the market gets set in the, in the summer. It's gonna depend on how everything kind of gets put together in terms of other teams' ideas and wants. Uh, I don't see anyone going out of the way to trade for D'Angelo Russell. Uh, I just don't, uh, unless something was coming back, like let's say the 17th pick. I don't believe the Lakers should trade the 17th pick unless it was for a Damian Lillard or someone that you knew you could go with that. Yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't get aboard with Damian Lillard. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not saying that's to, to do that either. Cause that also uh, 36 years old, man. Yeah, that yeah. contract, $60 yeah, million. Dollars. No, it, it's, it, and that's, that's a decision that they'd have to make if they say, if they said, okay, if we're going to get Dame, yeah, we know we're going to get him. Uh, you better win in, in that first year. You have to win. Yeah. And that's that's the only way that would work. And again, guys, Portland, Indiana, Dallas, those teams would not help the Lakers. It's not going to happen. I don't know what the Lakers are going to leverage. I don't know how they're going to construct this. But it's, it's going to be something we're going to have to wait and see how things play out because we really don't know how someone is going to draft until they draft and how that can be used in terms of trades before the free agent market begins. It's just the Lakers are likely going to have to hit on 17 with a very, very good player and sign D'Angelo, Vando, Rui, and Reeves. I know that's a lot. It's not likely to be all four. But that would likely need to be what has to happen for them to continue to take advantage of the salary slots and make sure you have enough assets that way. If something should come next year before the trade deadline, you have enough money to do those trades. So we're going to we're fast forwarding now 
to this summer. And the same thing that we were discussing, or you and I remember Laker Tom were discussing about the trade deadline, was we probably were not going to see any activity until the trade deadline. And at that time, we were talking about West, uh, Russell Westbrook. And you guys were correct on that. I believe that's what's going to happen again. Should we sign the players we need to sign? Thinking about the fact that if, let's say, we go into the all-star break or are about coming, coming up on the, let's say, uh, the trade deadline. Let's say we're sitting on 32 and 20, right? They're playing well enough, but they're not playing well enough where you feel like they're going to win the title. Maybe they might win, but it'd have to be perfect, right? But then what if something happens? What if someone asks to be traded and you have those contracts to make it work? Then, then now you have the ability to, to, to make the, the contracts work uh, to go after one more title with the LeBron AD era team. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmos Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. Truly appreciate you joining us for NBA Observations. We're also talking the Lakers, of course, as always. Adam Hurley is saying that LeBron, AD, Austin, Rui, Mo, Lonnie, and Scottie Pippen Jr. That would be nice for next year. Uh, unfortunately, I don't agree with that, but uh, I do like the creativity in that. I would take out the last three names. Scotty Pippen has not found his jumper. Uh, you know, I know he was playing well in the G League, but unfortunately, he still has to find a jumper at his diminutive size as far as being, what, 6'2", I think, at the, at the tallest, I think he is. Uh, Lonnie, of course, again, he will not stay. He is going to go find greener pastures because he does not want to Another season like he did with the Lakers where he started out so strong and then ended up as a coaching DNP. And then, of course, Mo Bamba, he probably will only be re-signed if he signs for the minimum, which, of course, he's probably not going to go ahead and take at this point in time. So don't think we're going to be able to see that. But I do want to mention, though, a name that you, you do think, you know, and I actually said this earlier tonight, and I think people should start getting behind this a little bit because it's something that is more feasible and realistic. It is not Fred Van Vliet, and that's something I know that's the name that's going to be popping up here, you know, come the, especially get as we get closer to free agency. A name that you should be popping up that is going to the finals, a name of a player that did play well and has a lot of postseason experience, Gabe Vincent. Your thoughts on Gabe Vincent and maybe if you could still sign and re-sign Austin Reeves as a backcourt for, for your future. Well, Vincent takes to the MLE, he... he... That's that's realistic, but if he's looking for 10, 15, which he million, probably will, then there's no chance of us doing that uh, or making that pickup. Well, that's the same thing would go for Fred Van Vliet. Fred Van Vliet would have to be a sign and trade to make that work, and we would have to give up assets to do that with Toronto, which yep. that's not going to happen either. Lakers have to go into this offseason in a lot of ways understanding their situation and needing to let kind of the the options come to them it's got to be something where another team is desperate to either unload or a player 
has made it very clear that they want out. That's the only way the Lakers are going to be able to get the player that they want within the rules of the CBA because they can't sign anybody outright. They can't trade for someone they want because they don't really have a lot to give. I don't know if the 17 picks enough to add, let's say someone like D'Angelo, they would have to put, let's say they would have to sign Reeves and use him in a package for the, with the 17th pick. Then at that point, there might be somebody out there that they could, they can go after. The, the issue there is it better be a legitimate third star that can allow you to play him 40 minutes a game throughout the year and not have him croak out at the end. I, I don't know who that player would be. I don't know if that player exists at this, at this moment. The NBA is getting to the point now where they're going to make it very hard for teams to trade or pay guys that 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 are that are let's say more than two or three guys. It's going to be very hard. They're trying to make it. They're trying to put that parity in it. They're trying to get everyone to be competitive so that if if, if a team like Miami or even LA to some extent be in seven and eight seats have a chance at going deep into the playoffs. And just think about that, guys. We had a seventh seed make it to the Western Conference Finals in a, in a rather kind of pretty good role. Like, And I say pretty good role in that they they might have not been favored in the first round, but after they won game one, they were pretty much in control of that series. And then the same thing happened to the, – the same thing happened in the Golden State Lakers series where Lakers stole game one and then they kind of – control that series the rest of the way uh miami's an eight seed that's that that shellacked a milwaukee team that was supposed to win the championship this year and then you beat the celtics who also the other team that was supposed to win a championship you one and two and they are four wins away from beating the best team uh, arguably the best team in the nba since the beginning of the season it's it's uh it, this is this is Adam Silver's dream. Uh, although well, I, do, I don't know Denver and Miami once he sees the ratings may not be. Such well, a- that's that's because I think what ends up happening is is and maybe he's not saying this, but if you're gonna do the collective bargain agreement agreements like this, then then you're telling me that you're you're trying to do that. If you yes. wanted your flagship teams, your high market teams, to be where you know. The, the teams to be to be the in the, in the as, as far as you know deep playoff runs and finals appearances you, you're not setting the you're not setting this up so that parity is kind of champion you're you're championing an even an even uh, layout for everybody so if you if you draft well like Denver has Jokic Jamal Murray Michael Porter Jr. you know they they've drafted well uh Miami uh is a little bit more of a role kind of put together team. Jimmy obviously has been on a few teams, but he's a Miami player through and through. Uh I think what you're gonna end up seeing a lot is you're gonna end up seeing a lot more play, uh, teams having to keep their guys, and it's gonna be harder for guys to leave. I know I, I think we all think that that's always the case, and maybe it might be different, but at, at this point, the way they're setting these hard caps up is they're really going to try to make it hard for teams to to poach other guys. So if that's what they want, then you're going to get more Denver-Miami finals, unfortunately. If you want to 
support the LAs and the Bostons and all those teams to, to be in the end, you know, Houston's, you know, high market teams, you're going to, you know, I don't, I don't think you would set up the rules the way you set them up. One name that's being bandied about again in our chat is D'Angelo Russell. Obviously he had the extremely poor performance in the Western conference finals, uh, his performance since getting the trade and. You know, I guess this counts for the trade, and this is something I was thinking about in the long drive from uh, both to and from uh, Seattle to Vancouver I took recently. And I was thinking about it is that, you know, when it comes to uh, the decisions made in the trade deadline, everybody talks about the additions and the depth that it created. All these guys gave you sporadic uh, in and out contributions, whether it was Rui, whether it was Vando, whether it was uh, D'Lo. They all gave you contributions at one time or another, but nothing was consistent. The one thing that was consistent with the trade deadline, and the reason why I really think that the Lakers really got better is something that you and I have been seeing all season long, and for me, ever since the trade first happened over a season ago, and that was Russell Westbrook. Addition by subtraction were the words that you suggested throughout the season early on. Addition by subtraction and you thought the team would get better just by simply not having russell westbrook on the team and i really think that was probably one of the main reasons why they had so much success after the trade deadline oh absolutely russell westbrook is a detriment to winning and he's been a detriment to winning almost his entire career yeah uh what russell westbrook indirectly destroyed kevin durant's career now you might be looking at me going destroy what are you talking about you know he's going to hall of fame he's two-time champ two-time finals mvp no matter what he did in golden state it's it's not really considered a full-fledged title or mvp in the finals it, it's always looked on as the easy way out i've, I've used the analogy uh before whereas if, if, if we if I had to compare it to something, it'd be like Reggie Miller going to Utah in 1997. If, yeah. if, if Reggie Miller leaves Indiana for Utah in 1997, I believe I'm pretty sure that Michael Jordan would be short two titles. And that's kind of the equivalent of what happened in 2017. It, it was a derailment of LeBron's dynasty. LeBron was on, on his way to winning probably two or three more championships in Cleveland until that, that, that decision was made. And a lot of it derived from Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is just, I, I can't say it any other way, is the worst first ballot Hall of Famer I think I've ever seen in sports, in terms of team sports, in terms of winning. He's just, he's just terrible. He's terrible when it matters. <laughs> uh, statistically, oh, he can, he can have that all day, but winning just absolutely horrendous. And as his abilities withered away, it got even worse because his attitude still, actually his attitude got worse. Every time some fan would say something, he's always got to stop and yap about it. His mind was always focused on those type of things. And when you're 
when you're uh, focused on things, other other th- when you focus about mundane things like that, other than winning, I, I was saying this about uh, Joel Embiid. Uh, Joel Embiid uh, cared more about MVPs than he cared about winning championships. Uh, he now, if, if somebody called him out on that, he'd get angry and talk back at you, right? He'd say, "What are you talking about? I care about winning." No. You don't. I heard you talk more about the MVP than about winning championships. You know, I, I, I appreciate that you wanted to win the MVP. I get that. But the problem is you cared more about it. And Daryl Morey, I don't know what it is with Daryl Morey run teams. They care more about individual statistics than, than winning championships. And if that's your, your, your thing to win those things and you don't win – what matters, you're gonna you're gonna get called out, at least in my book. And Russell Westbrook has been the individual player he's been his entire career, and he hasn't been able to win because of it. And he hasn't shown that he cares that he's won or not won. Uh, so by removing him from the team, you saw the ascension, you saw the change in the team. They weren't worried about this guy derailing games left and right. And now we have three months in. The Lakers made an amazing run with a team that they were with. They didn't have anything close to at the beginning of the year, and and they they made a pretty good run. And now the Lakers need to take advantage of the fact that they they got some really good young players, and they need to add some things to this, and obviously bring back some key components and make sure that those one or two players that you do bring, they can cover the vets when it matters. We need to be able to play like how Miami is playing. Tyler Hero, 20 point a game score gets out. Miami doesn't miss a beat. Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo tears his leg up again. Didn't miss a beat. It's, it's possible. So you need to now go into the summer, getting some help, getting some reinforcements, signing who you need to sign. And then you have to get a training camp under your belt and go into next season understanding that whatever system you run has to benefit LeBron James in terms of his playing time. He cannot play more than 30 minutes a game. If he plays more than 30 minutes a game, you have you you will continue to wear him out for when it really matters in the playoffs. And I'm not a proponent of Load management. You know me, guys. You know you know how I'm at. And you don't need to be. But you need to manage his minutes. That's something that I'll never argue against, not from before or after. Manage his minutes. There's exceptions to the rules, guys. LeBron James is going to go into his 21st season next year. You got to be smart. If you're going to be smart, you got to get someone that can that can control the game with the with his ball, with his, you know, point guard skills or whatever, and be able to score on a consistent basis so that you're not having to overwhelm LeBron James and AD game in and game out during the 82-game season. So that when they do get to the playoffs, this time they'll be fresh and LeBron can do what he was doing in the first half of game four against Denver. And, of course, what ended up happening in the second half is he didn't do what LeBron did in the first half. They lost. We need LeBron to be first half LeBron in game four, LeBron in game six against Golden State. 
for us to win championships. And the only way you can do that is to preserve him for the regular season. Win and preserve him as as much as you can so he doesn't have to only play the first half like that or maybe two or three games out of a six or seven game series. It's a lot of detail, but it's what it is. Is what it is indeed. But once again, it's NBA observations right here at the Lakers fast break. I do want to make one more note before we go ahead and touch on the finals on D'Angelo Russell. And that is, uh, this is his probably upcoming, his most important season, Joe. And the reason why I say whoever it is, whether it's with the Lakers or with another team, this could be a point, a tipping point in his career where it could become where he just plays the point where he either is going to be considered a starting level player in the NBA or play his way down continuously to the point where he becomes just a rotation player off the bench. D'Angelo Russell? You're talking about D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. So here's what happened with D'Angelo Russell. And this is something that, for those of you who have been paying attention and understand what was going on with D'Angelo Russell before the uh, Denver series, D'Angelo Russell has consistently played bad on defense. And the Denver team was the worst team for him to play. Good guard play, guard play, guys that are shooters that, that have size. It, I, it was not a surprise that he struggled in that series. I just thought he, he, he'd still shoot better than he did, at least one or two games. But on defense, I knew he was going to get shredded. He had no chance at playing well. Because if you look at the Golden State series, uh, Clay uh, Thompson was struggling after game two and that helped him a little bit but jamal murray never struggled michael porter jr really never struggled in terms of yeah. hitting open shots so if, if, if those guys are not struggling if those guard that guard play or that you know kind of small forward guard play is not struggling d'angelo russell has no shot at covering those guys he is not a defensive player he is a he is a jamal a jamal crawford type player I think looking at looking at D'Angelo Russell at his peak uh, in in big games is probably coming off the bench as a six man to score. So when guys like Jamal and Michael Porter are sitting at the beginning of second quarters and fourth quarters, that's when you inject someone like D'Angelo Russell, let him drop seven eight points here and there, keep your team afloat. If you want to use him at, 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 at his peak and at a consistent basis, if you use him as a starter, you know, he can play, let's say out of a three to four game a week span, he's going to play two good games, two bad games. That's, that's, that's kind of what his career has been, except when he was in Brooklyn that one year when he made the all-star. Um, yeah. All-star so, game. And they went to the playoffs in that first round. Right. I don't know why, D'Angelo, he's cap- he's he's capable of playing consistently, but I think it's it's everything above the neck. I think that that tends to uh, drive everything in the end for him, and, and not everybody has what's up what's above the neck sometimes, day in and day out, game in and game out. And I think D'Angelo's one of those guys. Uh, the market is going to set the D'Angelo Russell contract. I think what's going to happen is, ideally, I think the Lakers are going to offer him 25 
uh, mil per for four years. Crazy. And if, if that contract comes, I think he takes it because I don't think anybody's going to pay him $30 million. Now, it's crazy, but that's good money to have in your back pocket in case something happens at the trade deadline next year. I have a really good feeling that by the trade deadline next year, I believe some noise will start coming out of somewhere with some prominent players that want to be traded. And that's kind of what I'm... And that's every season, my friend. Yeah, but I think especially next next year, because I think there's some guys right now that I... That, well, it's I, also... But you also got to remember that it's also the teams as well, because they have one year. In the case of the Lakers, in case of the what the warriors and i've got a funny story here in the warriors here in a second the warriors and it's or if you're if the clippers you got to start dumping players because you have to get to a point where you're not above that second tax line because if you are above that second tax line next summer or going into next season not this coming up season the 24 25 season you are in real trouble you are hamstrung you're handcuffed and you would not be allowed to make pretty much any type of basic trades or pickups or maneuvers at all without being penalized for it. No. And there's players like Davian Lillard, there's players like Clay Thompson. That's why I have a feeling that there's going to be some things that are going to be brewing. If certain teams start to look like they're derailing, there's going to be more activity by the deadline next year teams that want to get out of these big contracts could be Bradley Beal, could be somebody that's, that's where I think this could go. So the Lakers have to keep that flexibility available so that in case they can get a player like those guys and, and, and go after it one more time, you know, that's, 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 that's something we have to look at. That's something that, that needs to be kind of on our mind. Uh, it's not going to be a full-fledged, like, we're going to acquire somebody in the summer and go, okay, cool, we're on our way, guys. It's not going to be that. We're going to have to wait this out until next year, probably till the end, and see kind of how they go into the playoffs and hope that if they do get – to meet Denver again, which I believe they will, unless there's a major injury with somebody, they're going to need to get a guard that that can play with these guys. They're going to need a guard that can make shots because you're not going to get past Denver unless you have a guard that makes shots. And we, we saw that a few, we saw that with the, with the series. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break NBA observations. It's Joe Soro along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Truly appreciate it. Just want to mention again and again, when we, we were going to actually dedicate an, almost probably an entire episode upcoming here in the next couple of weeks, one episode will be touching on Austin Reed specifically. And I don't want to go into too much in detail, but if you guys get a chance, go ahead and check out Bobby Marks' off-season guide for the Los Angeles Lakers on YouTube, on ESPN's channel. He actually indicates how high the Lakers are allowed to go to sign Austin Reeves which means there is a possibility a team with enough cap space can sign him outright because the Lakers are limited. But again, I do want to touch on that because he is so important to our future. It is very important for the Lakers to go ahead and sign him. He has developed as a player tremendously from someone who looked like he could be an NBA rotational player to someone who can actually make a 
big contribution on a playoff team like he did this last playoff. So definitely want to go ahead and talk about that a little bit more. But before we get to the NBA Finals, my friend, I got a story to tell you. I was in an elevator in Vancouver, and a, a Golden State fan came in while I'm wearing all my Lakers gear. And I always wear Lakers gear all the time, so it's pretty easy to spot me. When I'm out and about, it's like, oh, you Lakers fan, huh? And I said, yes, uh, I'm a Gold State fan. And I just sat there quietly, not saying a word. He said, no answer for me. And I, I really didn't want to have to say, because the thing that was on my mind, I said, what am I supposed to say? Sorry, we just ruined your dynasty. You know, sorry, we just ended it all for you. Sorry, you guys are going out to pasture. What do you, what do you want me to say to you? Uh, you know, because I know you're just going to come back with me like everybody else does uh, for the cheap low-hanging fruit of LeBron this, LeBron that. So really at this point, it's just hard for anyone out there to go ahead and say, you know what, it's over for Golden State because Golden State has a lot of decisions that they're going to make financially. Even people think that the Lakers are in hard times as far as the financial decisions that they have to make. We've got nothing on the Golden State Warriors. They have got a ton of decisions they have to make in the next season that will hurt them in the long run. Their dynasty was over, whether it was us beating them or Sacramento beating them. Yep. We just uh, we just happened it. to be the, the the team that closed the coffin. And the reason why it's closed is because of money. They don't want to spend a half a billion dollars on this team. And they're not. And Draymond Green is not going to play for $27 million when he can get extended for two, three more years and make more money. He, he might still do it. Betting on himself, even though he's stunk for two years. I'd have to see that. I'd have to see that. I just don't see his agent going, yeah, play out your last year. I mean, he, he'd have to he'd have to not get 15 mil, 20 mil from another team, which very well could happen. I think somebody will pay him three years, 45 mil, something like that, to get that kind of championship pedigree to maybe get somebody over on a team, whatever. I don't know. But I just don't see it. I know if I was Golden State, I'm not bringing him back if he's not signing his his final year. You have you have pool that you have to figure out what you're going to do there. Now, we're, we're prisoners of the moment. You know, pool is already – hated in Golden State after a year, even though he helped them win a championship the year before. And that's how fickle people are. They're so fickle. They're like, as soon as a guy has a bad game or a bad series and loses, right away he's you should throw him in a meat grinder and, and, and end his life. Like, really? You know, that's not how it works. And uh, one of the things that I, I admire about the Celtics way of doing things in a lot of ways is that they let the guys develop. They let the guys do their thing. Now, that might change now after four years of, you know, being in a position, being in a position to win and go, go to the finals or position to win in the finals and still not come through. But, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's, I guess, until you win, it's, it's bad, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, but Golden State doesn't have... They just don't have, they don't, they don't have, they're not going to pay all these guys. They're just not. And I'd have to see it if that's the case. I just don't see it. The dynasty is over in general, I think, because Draymond's not going to be back. Uh, and that's part of their big three. Steph Curry has 
two, three years left in him for sure. That That's not going to change. Clay Thompson, he's just going to keep getting worse and worse. Again, his leg was shredded for two years. And everyone else on that team, I think them not hitting on Wiseman really set them back. If they had, if they had, if that draft had better players, uh, they would have been able to, they, they had the worst luck on that, by the way. If they had, if they had, Players, if they were able to pick second in the draft before that year and after, they would have gotten very good players at the two at the two position. But for some reason, that particular draft didn't really it didn't really birth a lot of good talent. I've I've heard some guys say they should have gotten Lamelo Ball. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but I also think Lamelo Ball would have been kind of redundant for that team. There's too many guards on that team. They needed somebody down in the post. They needed somebody, at least some kind of 3 and D player that would have really, really helped them kind of extend this 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 second they part. They needed of the some dynasty. size. They did. I mean, yeah. And they didn't get it with Weissman. Weissman was a complete bust. He's a complete bust in general. And if you can't learn from Steph Curry, Clay, Draymond, and Steve Kerr, then you you might have been worse if you didn't go to Golden State. Like if you can't get good at that with that team. As a big man, then you're you're a terrible basketball player, and or at least terrible NBA basketball player, and that's what ended up happening. It, it just it, they they didn't luck they 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 were unlucky on that because if they had hit on that, they had gotten someone uh, that was worth their salt that had some size. They I think they'd be playing in the finals this year. Hey, Lakers fans, looking for the best place to go for up to date news information original videos articles podcasts opinion pieces and discussions about the los angeles lakers well look no further than lakerholics.com with a legion of followers always there talking about everything lakers and the nba there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run so stop by and be part of the conversation today at lakerholics.com one last thing I do got to mention because Terrence has mentioned it and also Adam as far as uh, some suggestions on on who do we keep because you talked about D'Angelo Russell signing him for maybe 15 20 25 million dollars just for cap flexibility there's a two other individuals that we have to make a decision on financially and that is Mo Bamba which is uh, one of Adam's favorites, and also as well for Terrence, as well, uh, Malik Beasley. Both of those individuals, whether because of injury or just when they were out there, they just did not perform at the level the Lakers needed them to. They really were not able to contribute very much to the team during their time after the trades. Your thoughts, I mean, Beasley, you would have to pick up at $16.5 million. You'd have to pick up the final year's contract there. And for Mo Bamba, you would have to pick up the $10 million that's left owed to him. That's not guaranteed. Your thoughts on should you go ahead and do just that, just to retain that cap flexibility? Well, it'll depend on who they end up signing. If the Lakers end up signing, let's say, Austin Reeves, Rui, and Vando, Vando, no, I think Beasley's gone. And Mobama's gone. It's just not enough money. There's not enough finance to, 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 to get those guys or to keep those guys, especially with you. Cause I, I think D'Angelo's going to get signed. I, I'm not even factoring him in the 
equation. I believe he's going to sign. Uh, the only way he does it is if somebody comes in and offers him $35 million for four years. I don't see anybody doing that. I think that's a terrible investment. D'Angelo's a $20 million a year player at best, really a 15-year, $15 million player, but we know that most guys are going to get paid more than what they probably should if they if they have the right timing on when their contract's coming in, and he's got that timing. He's got the timing down where he, he's at least going to get $20 million to $25 million, I believe. Uh, and then that would that would keep us from being able to retain Mo Bamba or, or Beasley. We'll see what happens there. But before we add him on, my friend, if they lose, ahead. but if they lose, let's say if Randall leaves and somehow the Spurs. Well, Randall, we also have control at four and a half million. For yeah, him. yeah. If Van, if, if, which I don't, yeah, I think, I think Vandal's a keeper. I think he stays. Uh, Reeves, if he gets an offer from the Spurs, let's say for 25 million, he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're, he's not only. Yeah, get, I mean getting, the Spurs and the and the and what Indiana and and Houston they can all offer them one of those teams or all of those teams can offer him a contract larger than what the Lakers. I have. believe if he's offered a contract by the Spurs, he's leaving. Houston, Indiana, I think those teams he would be willing to give the Lakers a little bit of a hey guys, these guys want me, but I want to stay here. San Antonio completely different situation you're going to go play in san antonio you got you're going to go play for 25 million dollars in the state of texas you know how that works with with, with with taxes and then you got pop being a coach and you just got Wendayama. no it's uh that's ideal situation for austin and he would be he would flourish there so that i'd say is the scariest thing right now is if San Antonio decides to drop 25 mil for Austin, you uh, the Lakers are likely going to lose them. Another great uh, job by our good friend uh, and GM. He unfortunately only signed him to a two-year contract once again. Once again, biting us in the butt. So, But again, that's another conversation for another day. That just chaps my hide, my friend. That's... Uh, Several players, you know, you just Rob Palenka just doesn't get the message when he signs these young players. When he can sign them to four-year, relatively cheap five to six million dollar contracts, instead he just signs them for one year and an option or two years, and uh, and then you know becomes a restricted free agents. And then, you know, there you go from there. It, well, we were what, just I was just talking about the Golden State situation. You know, if Golden State has the second pick in the in in. 2021 i think evan mobley was picked third by cleveland Mm -hmm. so if they pick evan mobley in 2021 they're probably in the finals right now yep right so a lot of this is luck tied in with smart decision making and how do you know how do you did you know that reeves was going to be this ginobili light type player an but you take a chip, but you take a flyer on them for much cheaper. I mean, you see these other clubs that are able to take second rounders and undrafted and throw them for your contracts earlier in their career. No, that no, and that's another thing too. Since you're talking about the the two year contract thing, look for Max Christie to improve next year. He could yeah. be an asset for the Lakers, especially if he can 
He's, yeah, I think he, they said he grew two more inches this, this last year. And if his shot gets good and him and, and Vando, him and Vanderbilt absolutely have to be sitting on that three point line, especially in the corners and making a thousand of those shots every day during the offseason. Every again, single with, day. With Max, if he blows up, there's another guy that we yeah. could potentially lose in next season. Yeah. It's it's not good. It's not good decision making on uh trusting your decisions on who you're bringing in. You're yeah. you're kind of going, eh, I'm gonna give you a couple of years. If you suck, we're not we're not obligated to pay you more than what we want. But you also have been hitting on these things, but they haven't learned their lesson on it. Yeah. And that's that that could be a that could be a, a front office decision or it's I should say the owner's decision on why they're doing that. It, could, it might not be Rob that's making that call. It might be Jeannie saying, look, we don't want to we don't want to be strapped paying these guys an extra couple of years if they're not, they don't pan out. Now, even if they're only a million and a half to $2 million a year, as opposed to uh, what you have to pay alternatively, if they do blow up. I think they'd rather take a chance that they might not blow up and they don't have to deal with paying them when they don't blow up because they've, they've made that decision a few times and it hasn't gone well. Luke yep. Walton is one. Lou Aldang is another. Uh, it, and those were epic, epically bad Signings, signings. So that's probably why there's some fear there. I'm just telling you, I think they're making the wrong. And it's just like time. it's just like anything else, you know. There's one thing I always try to tell everyone. I go try try to learn from your mistakes in the past, but you can't judge. It's like when when you're trying to do a tra- trying to invest in something, and someone tells you, "Well, I'm not going to do this because I got screwed in the last year." I'm like, "What does that have to do with me?" What does that have to do with us? What does Austin Reeves and Max Christie have to do with Luke Walton and Luel Deng? If you're looking at it strictly from that standpoint, you're going to make a dumb decision. It's not a good decision based off that. So we have to, as Laker fans, we have to sit in this spot and hope that Austin Reeves means what he says, which means if he's offered $25 million by the Spurs to go there, is he going to come back and say, guys, I don't want to leave L.A. I like it in L.A. I'll, I'll let you guys get me at $20 mil. Just give me a four-year contract. But I don't think his management's going to say or his agent's going to say to do that deal, especially in L.A. You got millionaire tax. You got mansion taxes. You have breathing air tax. You have... Yeah, if you have eyes, you got taxed there. You have eyebrows, you have tax. You're gonna get taxed to death over here. And, and and any agent, you know, Scott Boris is it's not an accident that Scott Boris sends all his baseball players to Texas. That's not an accident. That's because that's where you get most of your money. Well, most before we head, buck. <laughs> well, before we head on out, my friend, you, I do want to comment on the finals again. The Miami Heat defeated the Boston Celtics, saving off of what could have been an embarrassing thing for them as far as being the first team to ever be uh, up 3-0 and end up losing a series. They did blow it open in that fourth quarter for a nice, comfortable victory, and they are moving on to the finals against Denver. Nikola Jokic, we've seen him firsthand. You picked them, or, you know, even before the season started to go ahead and 
get to this point. Uh, I picked them to go ahead and win the Western Conference regular season, so I thought they were pretty good as well. Your thoughts on what you're going to look forward to seeing in the NBA Finals? Well, I'm going to stick with my prediction that Denver's going to win it all. And uh, I'm ashamed that I downplayed them when the Lakers played them. I turned into a fan. Uh, But the reality is they are a perfectly constructed team to win a championship this year. Also helps when the, when the refs blow a call in game four. Uh, game yeah, four. it's, 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 you know, that part of the Jordan mystique is getting through the Pistons. And when Michael Jordan was getting the, you know, what beat out of him, I don't remember Michael Jordan crying to the ref, crying in the media about the refs, not calling certain things because he was getting beat up. You persevere. And I've already said this the last few shows. If 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 you are going if you're if you're gonna be a serious preparer of 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 of, of this team, meaning Darvin Ham, the assistant coaches, the organization, you had major issues making baskets when there was contact. And those 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 missed uh those misplays cost you might have cost you a finals run. You need to start preparing and, and understanding that you need to play through it. Play through it and make those shots, especially when you're right at the rim. It's one thing if you're about to get to the rim and you get fouled. It's another when you have your hand, your 6'8 can jump out the building. You have your hand just a foot away. You need to make that shot. They need to. They need to start preparing these guys. And 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 one of the one of the cool things about tonight, before Miami went on the run in the fourth, was it looked like a '90s game. It looked like a they were playing defense, and Boston ran out of gas. That wasn't a Miami went on a run because they went on a run. Dead Boston was killing themselves on 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 defense, and they were holding Miami. On, on, on several occasions until finally they just could not do it anymore. They ran out of gas. This is what, four deep playoff runs with this team. They finally ran out of gas. And these guys are still human at the end of the day. They're playing really hard, and they just couldn't move anymore. They couldn't do anything. Jalen Brown couldn't even handle the ball because he, his body was going one way. His hand was going another way. He couldn't, couldn't, couldn't do anything. J- Jason Tatum messed up ankle. You know, it's it's a lot of things, man. There's a lot of things that you have to do to make it. And it only goes to show you how amazing title runs are. You know, teams that win three in a row, right? The Bulls and the Lakers. Teams that win back-to-back, like the Lakers and the Golden State Warriors the last 15 years. Guys, it takes a toll. And... You need a lot of... You need a lot of luck and you need a lot of help to get get past it and, and, and win, the, win that title. And there's a lot, there's a lot that needs to get done here. <laughs> there's going to be a lot that need, there's a lot that needs to get done here uh, for the Lakers to, to give it one more run with, with LeBron as the, uh, the main guy. So you and I are both picking Denver, no doubt about it. I picked Denver in five. Yeah. Denver's just uh, Miami. 
Miami has grit. Tyler Hero's uh, slated to come back. I think game three. They're talking about that. Yeah, it's possible. But I don't. I don't know if that's going to really matter. Uh, they play better without him. I just. I think Denver is just. If there's no major injury, I think Denver is. They'll win it in six at the latest. I'd say five, maybe even sweep. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. if they sweep them, if they if they beat them handedly the first two games, I, I could see them uh, for sure going four or five. Yeah, it, I I still think the NBA Finals was the Western Conference Finals. I thought those two. Yeah, were- it's a bum. It's a bummer, man. I, I really I, the Lakers had control of Game Two and Game Four. They, that, that series should have been two two and had four. a chance to win Game One. Yeah, and they. That's the, the the Lakers played like what other teams had played, how other teams had played with the Lakers when they were at the top, and that was they they just could not seal the deal, they couldn't close it, and a lot of that was because you didn't have guys that were able to stop and get in front of a guy like Jamal Murray. He just kept making shots, um, even when in, in in two of those games where Jokic was kind of the second guy on the team. You got to win those games. When the MVP is not winning, was not the focal point. You have to take advantage of that. As good as Jamal Murray is, he's not Jokic. Jokic is the guy on that team. You have to, you have to win those games. But the Lakers didn't have enough players that could stop and score. Got to have one or the other, and we just didn't have it. And LeBron couldn't. He just couldn't go to the hole every time. And when he did, he missed too many shots, point blank shots. Which that just really needs to be addressed. That really, really needs to get fixed, and they need to they need to they need to get those bags on them and just have them deal with the fact that they're gonna get they're gonna get fouled and not get calls, which was, in my opinion, the worst season for NBA officiating I've ever seen. Which says a lot because I've seen some bad years, but this was the worst officiated. Uh, this was the worst officiated season I've ever watched. I don't really like those last two minute reports. They just they just provide more pain for me. And it's sad because I I think Adam Silver has a lot of integrity. I think he's a good man. I think he's a good commissioner, but he's really he's really swallowed uh, some 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 bad stuff for his guys. Kind of like when when a when cops back up their 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 colleagues and and their colleagues are not good. I know that's a little bit more real world stuff, but it's kind of that concept where they're trying to still kind of back up their guys. Uh, but, and, and Adam Silver is also going to have to deal with something that he championed at the beginning of this, which is the gambling situation. Uh, with the way, with that clown that, that has a burner account, with the fact that the officiating was bad, with the fact that you're starting to hear a lot more of these gambling issues where people are controlling things as soon as both or all the leagues started supporting gambling a little bit more you, you, you this was what they were always worried about and it's starting to happen so if you're worried if you're wanting your league to have some integrity if you're going to preach integrity i don't think anything's going to change i think the league will continue to make more and more money because at the end of the day that's just how the thing is set up all the people that hate on the NBA or the NFL for going towards any kind of social movement, it's all its all BS. No one is stopping to watch the NBA or the NFL, no matter what they do. So 
But if you're going to preach the the integrity thing, Adam, you, you need to start fixing your officials. You need to start fixing that, especially with the gambling thing hovering around more and more now. And that's going to create, especially if you bring an LA, a Las Vegas team to, to the NBA, it's just going to get worse. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more on that. But once again, it is Lakers late night. Some NBA observations. Good man, indeed. Go ahead and check out Joe Soro today as Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. Plus also, as well, he owns a company that he needs to get back to. So we're going to go ahead and let him get some rest so he can run Symblades, Symblades with a Y.com tomorrow. And, of course, myself, I've got the Pop Culture Cosmos. Already got the latest episode that was up. It's now available around the world on radio. And, of course, wherever you get your podcast, go ahead and check it out as well. I know that Stone Hansen and I are going to have a conversation sometime this week. I know you and I should also get together at least one more time this week as well to keep on regular basis to let everybody know that we are not going away anytime soon. Uh, any last thoughts, my friend? I mean, although you're more than welcome to pop up anytime, I know you got stuff in the works as well. Yeah, there's something I'm putting together here, guys, uh, that's going to be a little bit more covering the gaps. This business sometimes takes a lot of your time and if you're if and, and by taking a lot doing a podcast is 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 not what you might think it is where you just have a bunch of people getting on and a lot of them are like that but in terms of successful ones if you start to get any kind of success you need to dedicate time to this dedicate topics it, it sounds like we're just having a conversation and just thinking whatever's coming on our head. I, I, I can't tell you how how further from the truth that is. There is preparation that happens before we come on here. We do read, we do prepare. I know I do. And because we wanna bring legitimate information to you guys, not just sit here and talk uh, like we're at a bar, even though it does sound like that sometimes. We're here to inform you and entertain you and a lot of that is covering the gaps. And a lot of times it's very difficult for those who are, who have a job, who have families, they're not able to dedicate a lot of time, especially nowadays. But luckily for Gerald and I, I have full control of my schedule. I can do virtually anything I want on a day-to-day basis in terms of time. Gerald's is, is, a, is, is a podcast veteran. This is what he does. So it's a little easier for him to do what he does. And we're going to make this go no matter who's here or who's not here. And that's just the way it's going to be. Absolutely. And uh, I'm hoping that uh, Joe will provide continual uh, help with us uh, here at the Lakers Fast Break. He's doing such a great part of what he's doing and what he's got planned for you. It's going to be outstanding. I also have the Lakerholics. They're formulating their own plan for the weekend. So they're thinking about doing something starting maybe as early this weekend. So looking forward to that as well. Plus, uh, we've got always the the great crew that always comes on, different uh, folks coming out, whether it's Laker Nick, L. Rob, you know, any of the great guys are out there. Obviously, John McHaley as well. Just so many great people. And even Zangerstein, whenever she's able to get back on with us, truly appreciate it. But my friend, it's been great having you here. Any last thoughts before we head on out? Yeah, it's uh, finding it hard to be excited about the finals. I'm ready for the <laughs> offseason, I'll be honest. I it's it's just lousy. I'm sorry, but I was expecting the Lakers to make 
make a, a run and I really wanted this rematch as much as I wanted a Boston Laker final. I actually wanted the Miami. I wanted Miami in the finals to relive the 2020 season and, and validate that run even more. But it, it's, it still stings. Still, I don't like the fact that we, especially the fact that we got swept. I didn't think in a million years we'd get swept by Denver. I, I, I thought we'd, if we were going to lose, we'd lose in six or something, but not, not, not in a sweep. And that, that was kind of embarrassing. As good as Denver was, I just didn't expect that. And that still stings. It still bothers me. Bothers me too, my friend, every single day. But hopefully the Lakers will get whatever they needed to from this up and down season that we had and turn it into something much more magical. And it starts, the preparation starts. Actually, it started the day a week ago to today. Yeah, now that we're down into Tuesday. You know, so hopefully Rob Plink is already planning and mapping out things the way the things are going. Of course, the Lakers are already trying out individuals for the draft at both 17 and 47. Stone Hansen will give you the update on that here this week. Plus, also Joe and I will be back as well. But for Joe Sorrell from Simblades.com, it's Gerald Glassford, Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate it. Once again, Magic Man, wherever you are, my friend, hopefully all is well. We're just rooting for you and actually hope that you come back to us real soon, whenever you can. And find get the time. Hopefully, uh, you'll be back to us sooner rather than later. But for Joe Sorrell, it's Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching this thing. We'll be back even more times this week. Definitely looking forward to providing you more content right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,